Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the Utah Jazz are remarkably consistent. I know, stay with me. They've been consistently bad from the three-point line, and they were really pretty good from the three-point line. Strong performance against Memphis, and they ride it to the win. So now 2-2 two and two in the bubble, and I think that's where you got to look and be kind of honest. What happened here? Well, they played two teams. Uh, well, one is definitely going to win a playoff series. I, would, I think we all think the Lakers get into the second round. And the other one, Oklahoma City, well could. But it's certainly one of the top six or seven teams, top six teams in the West. Meanwhile, the Memphis Grizzlies are trying to hold on to the eighth spot. The New Orleans Pelicans want to get to the eight, eight or ninth spot, but it looks like they could be out on the outside looking in. So they beat the Pelicans and they beat the Grizzlies. They beat the two lesser teams. They beat the two they were supposed to. And they lost to the two better teams. So you can't be totally shocked that the Jazz are sitting here 2-2. Two and two. Now, they play better. Will that carry over? they got a couple games with the Spurs coming up. Again, a team that's fighting to get into that 8-9 playoff series might pull it off. Um, but certainly, you know, I, I, I didn't hear anyone pick the Jazz to go 2-6, and six, nor did I hear anyone pick them to go 6-2. and two. So they're 2-2 two and two right now, and you think they get at least one of the Spurs games, if not both of them. You know, can they, can they win one of the other two games? You know, they've still got a couple of playoff teams. Dallas, uh, still got Denver out there. So, all right, well, we'll get to the Jazz and the Best of the Jazz postgame show later this hour as the Jazz beat the Memphis Grizzlies and uh, Joe Ingles just goes off. Joe's going to join us today. He was 6 of 11 from 3. He is scheduled to join us today at 9 o'clock. And Craig Bullerjack at 8.30. Bob Casper to talk about the PGA Championship at 8 o'clock. But right now to talk a little bit about life in the bubble, PK and I speaking with Aaron Falk from UtahJazz.com. Aaron, good morning. Good morning, guys. Wow, you got the energy. You're amped up. Of course, you got a couple hours. You're you're a little more into your day. You done a little writing, a little photography today, a little social media already. You know, a little, little bit of everything, especially with a game coming up uh, so soon. So you know, it's uh, weird weird schedules out here, but this whole thing's weird, and so it's all about being ready. So where do you get to sit for the games? How close do they let you to the arena, the game, the action? How does that work? Yeah, so it's um, you know, I'm. As, as close a, uh, of a seat as, as you're going to get in the year 2020 to a to a game, um, you know you you David know well where press row's gone over the over the years. And <laughs> this is um, you know this is tucked away in a corner. There are um, restrictions. It's it's you know no one. There's usually you would have people you know photographers on baselines during a game or or what have you. And, and there's no one on the hardwood. There's one. Um, human camera operator in midcourt behind a barrier um and so i'm I'm tucked away in in a corner but still first row of of seating that there would be and you're not allowed to move once you're there um you know no locker room access no things like that it's just sort of try to try to limit your um your points of contact essentially how is the atmosphere? Because we see it on television with the piped-in noise and the virtual fans and all. I'm wondering, how is it actually in person? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's getting better. It's still um, a little strange. I, I, you know, watching the games, the other team's games, it, it looks pretty good on television. Um, in the arena, uh, you know, it's it's the, the virtual fan thing is still kind of funny and strange. And the sound... Um, is getting better. You know, it's it's sound that was recorded from the whatever team is, is uh, the home team for the game. It's their fans um, recorded from previous games, mixed by uh, you know, I think three or four people mixing these things. And and you know, if you make a shot in the first quarter, it's not quite as uh, emphatic and loud as if you make a shot in the fourth quarter. That being said, when when Rudy Gobert goes to the free throw line uh, against the, the Pelicans, and you know, he's being booed or or their cheers from the uh the fans the new orleans fans like it's not quite the same feeling at all and donovan mitchell said he felt like it was a kind of in a bad video game and and i think you know there there are some people that aren't, aren't fans of that so in a close game do you feel the tension in the arena in the same way that you did uh you know in january probably not not just yet and and maybe part of that is um you know that right now this this Jazz team is does have a playoff spot clinched, and you know it's you're, you're still sort of getting back into the swing of things. Um, so not quite the same level, but but 
Yeah, I mean, I still definitely felt, you know, the urgency and um, what have you as, as Rudy was taking those free throws, you know, from from both a, a basketball standpoint, a human standpoint, you're, you're monitoring the signal, and then just from a work standpoint, you're like, you know, if if the difference between making or missing changes things in, in terms of what you're going to do post-game. So, yeah, you know, you, you definitely feel that, but just not quite the same when you have 19,000 people all together, all, you know, giving off that same energy. It's, it's, it's certainly different. How many gyms are there, and do they play in the same one all the time? There are um, three game uh, venues, um, the HP Fieldhouse or, or what have you, uh, the arena, the main arena um, on the Wide World Sports Campus, and then the Visa um, I themed arena. I don't know the name of it. Um, but and then and then there are so they'll practice there from time to time, and then there are also um, a couple of hotels, um, including the one that we're staying at, that they have converted ballrooms into um, practice courts, and they've imported uh, the the courts from a few teams, Miami, Orlando, Indiana, and they've turned these ballrooms into um, put two courts in each of the ballrooms. So there's practice times, and everybody gets a three hour slot every day, whether they use it or not, um, and uh, yeah, so b- between it all, about six different places to, to practice and three different places for games. We're getting emails, you know, the Jazz have pra- have, uh, are not practicing today, so there'll be no Zoom media availabilities, which is what would happen in the regular season. If they cancel practice, then you don't have the media availability at the end of practice. Uh, sure. Do guys go and get shots up? Because obviously three-point shooting has been an issue. When there's no practice, I get that's kind of a formal designation, but informally, do guys still go shoot? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, that, and that's the case that would happen in, in, you know, normal times and back in Salt Lake, um, the, the, you have that three hour block. It's, it's kind of precious time and guys are going to use that. And guys can also go ahead and schedule their own additional shoot around times. If, you know, late, late at night, if they're trying to get in a little bit of extra work, um, beyond practice, but yeah, of course, I mean, with the amount of downtime you would have on a, on an off day, um, guys still getting back into the swing of things, you know, certainly people are watching film, um, or we're getting a few extra shots in on, on a non-practice day. Well, we know that the shots, particularly the threes, haven't been falling to the level that we had hoped for and expected. I'm wondering, hear me out on this theory, it's probably cockamamie, but I want to get your opinion on it, that they never really can get away from basketball like they could if they would go home. And so I'm wondering if it's wearing on their minds, particularly our Clarkson and the Yang, who are not shooting the ball well from distance. And I'm wondering if it just wears on them because they can't get away from it because you're down there and it's like you're in this different environment. So maybe it's on your mind a little bit too much. Yeah, and that, that's certainly a possibility. I mean, there's there's a, there's a human aspect to all of this, um, you know, and and. That that being said, you know, I talked to George yesterday, and he said the, maybe the minivan needs needs a you know change out needs an oil change or some new fuel. I need to hit a shot here, but you know, and then we were, we were watching the rain come down. And he goes, but you know, all storms pass, and he, those I think those guys will um, come around. They they know that they're not hitting shots at the, at the rate they want to hit them, and you know, but they've they've done this their entire lives. Um, you know, whatever the the reset that has to come. You know, it has to come within the, the confines of, of this experiment. And, you know, they I, I have a lot of faith in, in a guy like George, just his personality, um, a guy like Jordan, his personality as well to to kind of get their heads right and, and find their rhythm again. So around the media, Clarkson could be pretty quiet and all that, which, you know, coming in midseason and they're all, you know, he doesn't know anybody and all that. But then you hear players talk about how, and actually I think it was Niang who was doing it, was talking about like he is one of the most happy-go-lucky guys on the team and always seems to be upbeat. Is that something uh, you've seen? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually um, you know, recording a, a podcast with with. Joe Ingles yesterday, and um, and his wife Renee asked us what are some of the uh, you know surprises of, of being here and, and who have you learned about and and just being around Jordan Clarkson a little bit um, is a, a surprise. I think you know a really probably an important trade not only for from a basketball standpoint but but from a locker room standpoint. He's a guy who's um, really breezy and really comfortable with who he is. You mean you see it in his. Uh, his game day attire, 
um, and, and you see it when he's interacting with his teammates. He's he's happy. He's um, just super confident. And he has a, a way of of being, um, you know, disarming people with with just how genuine and and um, his, his comments are. But oh, I think a way of also talking to everybody on the team and, and maybe even you know saying some difficult things, but in a way that is going to resonate with everybody. So yeah, I, I think he's. Um, uh, actually, a really, really important locker room guy at this point already, and uh, you know, Joe Ingles said, you know, already one of my um, all-time favorite teammates, even though he's only been here for a few months. So you said that the locker rooms aren't open. I assume that's obviously post-game and pre-game. But then you just said you're recording that podcast that you've been doing with Joe and his wife. Is that something that you do on your own, so you can have interaction with the players if they allow it, sort of away from the team? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that was, I mean, the locker room is is closed um, for, it's a, it's a COVID precaution, right? They don't want people going in there and in a confined space. They don't want people trying to trying to limit the, the points of contact with players. And, and honestly, um, that podcast that we have been recorded was recorded, both of us in separate hotel rooms on a, uh, on a, like a Google Hangout. Um, so, you know, there are, there are moments, there's a team room here, you know, everyone has practices and, and, Given how small the travel party is, people are, are interacting, and you're you're having some meals here and there with with everybody. Um, but yeah, there's still a precaution to try to keep people. You know, you're not supposed to have people in your in your rooms. You're not supposed to be in a locker room. There there are a lot of just precautions and, and things that have changed up just from a from the pandemic standpoint. Uh, you mentioned something about the rain, and we all saw that there was a huge storm going, uh, you know, coming in and going up the East Coast. Did you guys really get hammered by that? A little, a lot. What happened? No, just just a little. Um, you know, and it was one of the the first things that the night we got here. Um, you know, you you get off the shuttle into the hotel, and and you have your your first briefing from the NBA, and and you know, it's like, hey, we're in a pandemic. We are um, aware of. The, the social justice issues that are, are important and we want to keep those things going. Uh, there may be some alligators on the property and don't forget this is hurricane season. Like there are, there are a lot of things going on here. Um, but, you know, we got email um, alerts and, and, you know, I think everyone kind of tracks those things on their own as well as the storm was coming. Um, you know, I, I think everyone feels also pretty safe in terms of what the, you know, we're inland and also that this resort has handled these things over, um, you know, multiple times over the years and, and there are plans and protocols in place. And then, uh, you know, it just, the storm broke down and it was like any other day. It rained for 15 minutes, super hard. And then it was gone. Aaron Falk from utahjazz.com living in the bubble in Florida. And uh, if you want to hear that entire segment, go to 1280thezone.com. When we come back, Matt Bushman, BYU tight end. He's next. Then the best of the jazz post game show. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. When will the football season start? What will it look like? There are many questions. Matt Bushman, BYU tight end with the media, trying to answer as many of them as he can, and we know there's a lot he can't. But there's some he can. Here's Matt with the media. Coach kind of regaled about just how ready you guys were, were to get going and impressed with the offseason workouts you guys have been able to do. Uh, citing that it might even be better than most years. Uh, can you maybe just give an overview of what you've done personally and how the team's uh, uh, been able to work out and ready itself for this season. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of – once you get older, you just kind of are self-motivated to be uh, to get as good as you can be as a football player. So during the quarantine, we weren't allowed to be at BYU or anything like that. So it was more just finding places to get better. And there were a couple – spots where I was allowed to train and work work hard in the offseason. So I was able to just change my body and get in good shape. And um, I just feel really good. And I feel like a lot of players um, not having to necessarily feel like they're required to be at, at these workouts. They're kind of self-motivated. I feel like that brought more out of the out of the player and 
it's uh it's just been exciting to see that just being able to be with everyone today and yesterday um as a whole group has been really cool and it's just i don't know everyone's just seems excited and just glad to be back how well were you able to keep in touch with your teammates uh throughout all this and 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 how'd you guys work together yeah so it was a little bit different because we, we were encouraged to go home to our families because no one really knew what was going on. So a lot of guys went to Arizona or California, um, just wherever they're from. So, uh, I mean, the coaches, we would have Zoom calls. We would have player Zoom calls. Um, we have the uh, player chat on just one of the messaging apps. And we just tried to stay in touch as good as we could and check in on each other. And, yeah, everyone seemed like they were doing well. So, um once we were allowed to start having workouts, we were kind of split up into smaller groups, but it was just, it was fun to be back and start working together. And now that we're all together, uh, we're just trying to stay cautious, but it's, it's just good to uh, just get practicing and working out and just running with the guys. So we're, we're excited. Thanks. Go ahead, how are you guys able to, how are you guys able to stay just focused with so much uncertainty with the season right now, Matt? I guess the biggest thing is you never know, like no one really knows what's going to happen, even with hopefully the NFL has a season and it seems like they will, but there's, I mean, you're not going to progress or get any better, just kind of moping around or sitting at home. So the biggest thing is just to hope for the best, say that there's a season and hope that there's a great schedule ahead of us. I mean, we've, we've lost some games, but I know the, the administrative staff is working really hard to just schedule us in with the best competition possible that will be out there. So we just trust that. And we know, although it is really uncertain, um, it seems like there's going to be a season. And it seems like we're going to be playing games. So once you're out there, it's pretty easy to be motivated just to be playing the game that you love. Um, so we're just, we're just trying to enjoy it. And especially the seniors, it might be some guys last go around. So they're, they're just soaking all, in, all, all of it in while they can. How does this day one compare to all your previous day ones of fall camp, especially with the uncertainty of the, well, not uncertainty, but the, the unusual circumstances of spring? Um, it was, it was interesting just to see like where everyone was going to be at. Um, just to see like, okay, is everyone going to be ready for this? And we were confident that guys were going to be ready and the coaches wanted us to, work really hard and we all did really work really work really hard in the off season so it was it felt it felt pretty normal to me honestly yeah the masks are are kind of weird and kind of a hassle to to put it underneath your helmet and run around and it's it's just trying we're just trying to adjust to circumstances so i mean the practice was all the same the, the meetings are all the same but just the trying to be cautious about at the about the coronavirus that's that's the only weird thing i mean everything football related has has been all the same thank you okay norma then jake hey matt i was just wondering um because it seems that in utah particularly um more and more younger people are testing positive with the coronavirus just last night there was a photo that came out from a bar in uh, salt lake city showing bar completely filled with young adults and no one wearing masks, no social distancing. Does it make it harder to kind of be in this group with these young adults um, who may not understand the full repercussions of things? Or do you have, like, I know some of you guys are on the older side. So I guess what's the sort of mentality, especially with the younger ones and just how you guys are trying to make sure there is a season? I mean, yeah, that's the biggest thing is to do all that we can so that there is a season and do all that we can so we don't have to be quarantined for two weeks during the season if if us or a, a position or a teammate were to contract the virus. So um, we're just doing all that we can to obey what the coaches and the training staff is saying. Uh, that's the that's the biggest thing. You just have to listen to what what people what people are telling us to do. And although it's it's a little bit different, it's kind of throwing a curveball in in sports or in life in general. As long as as long as you just kind of buy in and listen to the people that are actually experts on this, it's, it's yeah, we're young, we feel like we're healthy, but it's uh, you just got to do what people say. And I mean, even as members, the prophet is counseling us to 
members of the church. I mean, there's a prophet counseling us to, to abide by the laws and everything or the, the rules and regulations. So shoot, if he's saying it, you might as well just do it, even if it is a little bit different into the routine. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of circumstances that are consequences. If, if we don't wear masks and guys get the virus, um, it could jeopardize the season. It could jeopardize games. It could jeopardize practice. So we're doing all that we can to, to mask up and, and stay out of high risk areas and um, just hopefully it can stay that way. And until, until the season happens, or if we have to do it throughout all season or who knows for how long we plan on just doing what they say. And what has it felt like seeing it over the past couple months, just seeing different programs all over the nation being like 12 players tested positive, 14, 10, and just seeing how it can really affect anyone, any team, no matter the age. I think that just shows why, why we need to take it seriously because say you're, we're in week three or something like that. And the whole offensive line tests positive that, I don't know. I don't really trust myself playing center or offensive guard. So um, that would be a huge curveball and that'd be really tough. So the biggest thing is just to take it seriously and just be cautious and social distance. But yeah, it's, we just want to play and that's, if we have to do it, we will do it. Jake, go ahead. Matt, you flirted obviously with uh, potentially jumping into the NFL draft this past off season you decided to come back. How different was your training as you get ready for your senior year as compared to previous years, if anything? I would just say once you once I mean, it's everyone's dream to, to go to the NFL. And once you kind of see it's kind of within your grasp, you're like, man, this is actual actually something that can happen. Um, it just made things put things into perspective and be like, OK, I need to I need to work on my body. I need to get stronger. I need to just get as good as I can or fix the things, my, my little weaknesses or technique that I need to get better at. So it just put things more into perspective. And I was like, okay, I, I need to prove that I can, I can play at that level and that I can compete like an NFL tight end. So it was just, it motivated me to work harder and just to see that my goals were within, within reach. So, um, I think a lot of guys on the team, like a lot of people have just want to compete for a starting job in, in a, at the college football level. That's big time. Uh, so hopefully I know a lot of guys around us at BYU have that mindset and hopefully everyone does because you can really get a lot more out of yourself and just get that untapped potential um, within reach or grasp that. So it was, it was a good off season for me and I'm excited for the season. You're leading a relatively so, young position ahead. group uh, as the, as a senior with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. How different is your role this year, do you feel like, as that senior leader? The biggest thing, I mean, is just to be consistent, just be the be a guy on offense that, that people can look to and that can be, be that consistent player that's making plays every every day in practice and in every game and just doing my job. I think with young guys, they just need to feel that they can stay, that they can gain confidence and stay confident during games or in practice when, when coaches are kind of getting on you for making mistakes. And um, once you can kind of get over that barrier and just be like, okay, next play, I got this. Just keeping a high level of confidence, you can just be such a better player and you can kind of, the game slows down for you. So just kind of being that example where being a confident player that is is staying out there and just doing my job every time that will just help the younger guys see that it's it's possible and just have someone showing them the way ben go ahead hey matt um can you speak specifically to the progress that you've seen from zach wilson this offseason and, and catching from him and running routes for him yeah so he was kind of jumping back and forth from California to, to, to in, in back and forth from California to Utah. Um, so I'd, I'd throw with him and work out with him. And we, when we were only allowed to have 10 people or less in a group, we'd kind of get a small group just to throw. And yeah, he looks good. He's, he looks confident in his body. He's, he was able to get stronger and just get that strength around his shoulder so he can zip those balls into tight, tight areas. And, uh, 
who knows we're still if there's that quarterback battle going on in fall camp and I mean, I was able to train and work with all three quarterbacks and just kind of balance it out so that I could continue to build chemistry with them. And I mean, they they were all competing out today and they they look good. So I whoever whoever gets the job, um, I'm just looking forward to winning games and making plays with them. And what do you like about Jaron and uh, in Baylor's skill set that uh, I mean, obviously you've been building chemistry with them. What do you like about those two quarterbacks? Yeah, so Jaron is just an athlete. He's just a guy that has God-given talent, and he doesn't just sit with that. I mean, he works. He works to improve, and he—it's just impressive the things that he can do um, on the field. So, when there's plays that kind of look like they're going to be broken down, or that the defender's going to make a big play, he makes guys miss and uh, can throw a nice ball too when when he's under pressure. So that's been really cool. And just Baylor, he's he's able to stay poised he just can it's almost like he doesn't see the the mayhem in the in the pocket and just doesn't really worry about that and just stays in there and and just tosses it to the right guys so they all have different little strengths and things that they do differently but i'm confident with all of them and just hope we can we can succeed with whoever gets the job thanks matt dick let's go with you I just uh, have a question because we didn't get to see a lot of spring and, and obviously we're not going to see now. What was your, what is your take on some of the tight ends that you're helping to tutor your group that you're working with? What are your observations about some of those that we've seen and some of those that we have, we have not seen at all? Yeah. I mean, we have a, we have a pretty big group of tight ends right now. So just our room we have, I mean, Isaac Rex has been working hard and he's, he's young, but the coaches are expecting him to to just do his job and, and be out there and just be a reliable guy for this team. So he's been working hard and he was in back and forth in California from Utah. So I was working out with him here and there during the, the quarantine. But yeah, I mean, there's Carter Wheat, who he's just a really he's a good athlete. Um, so he can we're confident that he can step up and do what the coaches need. Uh, there's a new guy, Lane Lunt, who came from a junior college, and um, he's he's just going to be competing in there also. So it'll be interesting to see who, uh, when we have those 12 and 13 person, personnel packages, who's going to fight for those spots. And there's going to be a lot of competition. I mean, there's we have Mason Wake, who's like more of a fullback, but he's just uh, he's just <laughs> he likes to when people call him to be that he's the semi truck, he's just, uh, just gets it done, likes to hit people and likes to do his job. Hank Tui Pelotu is fighting and he's looking good out there. He's fighting back from, from those knee injuries and it'll be exciting if we can, if we can get him out there cleared and ready to go. So, yeah, I mean, we have a pretty stacked room. Bentley Hanshaw's a younger guy. Also Kyle Griffith's one of the older fullbacks and he's, he's a good leader. So yeah, it's just an exciting, it's an exciting young group and there's there's not there's a lot of players but only a couple spots so they're going to be really fighting for for those few extra when we have those bigger tight end packages it's going to be interesting to see see who takes over which one reminds you the most of matt bushman um i mean that's hard there's only everyone's a little bit different but i think a lot of them have potential uh but i mean I think we'll see a lot of Isaac Rex this year. He's he's a bigger body. He's he's a little bit taller than me, and he can move well. So if if he can just get out there and stay confident, uh, I think he can be a really good player this year, and he has a lot of potential. So looking forward to running out there with him and making plays with him. Okay, we're going to go with Jared and Jay for the last two questions for Matt. And then if you have your hand up and we didn't get to you with Matt, we will start with you with Isaiah Kafusi. So go ahead, Jared, and then Jay. Matt, I just wanted to ask, and I don't know if you've got teammates or you personally have been impacted by the virus. I imagine in a group as large as a football team that there's got to be some people that either have family or friends that have been impacted by the virus. Do you feel like that makes a difference, seeing that perspective, whether you personally or from your teammates, that you guys see – 
hey, this thing's real. It really does impact people. And then that uh, that affects kind of your approach to, to all of the restrictions and things you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You see the, the just like some of the horrible stories that where your loved ones are passing away and you don't want to see that. You don't want to be guilty for going and see some, getting your grandma sick and getting her in the hospital or something. I have a, my wife, Emily's pregnant right now and they're kind of at a higher risk to be hospitalized. So like, there's no like mortality rate or anything that's super high with them, but yeah, it's a higher risk for them to be hospitalized. So, I mean, there's, there's certain players that have different situations and you have to take it seriously because you don't want to be the young kind of rebellious guy who just goes out and ends up getting people sick that, that you love and care about. So it definitely has helped, um, help it. It's, we just have that, that serious approach where, I mean, we are going to listen to what the trainers and the coaches say, um, even though it looks kind of funny wearing a mask out in practice with your helmet on, uh, you just got to do it. And just, even though these times are kind of weird, you just kind of have to live with it and, and be obedient. So yeah, it's, everyone's situation's a little bit different, but you just, you just hear about those things and you have to take it seriously. Has it changed your perspective on football? Um, I mean, it would really stink if the season got canceled. So it makes you just be grateful for, for every moment, just with the team or with everyone around you. So you just really have to cherish the moments. I mean, if we get a season, it'll, it'll be a bonus. And we're, we're really grateful for that and that we get to be out here practicing. So I guess that's the biggest perspective. It's, you don't realize that a sport can be almost eliminated from your life. And if you have the opportunity, just go out and make the most of it. Thanks, Matt. Go ahead, go ahead Jay. Hey, Matt, over the weekend, uh, the Pac-12, a bunch of players in the Pac-12 uh, listed some demands that uh, they said need to be met before they'll play this season. Um, has any of that caught on at BYU? Have you heard of any players and were any BYU players contacted uh, to, to join that movement as far as you know? Um, yeah, I mean, every player knows about it. Uh, that kind of took over social media. So we, a lot of guys have just read over it and saw the demands and saw that some were kind of maybe a little too out there that a, a quick change probably won't happen. So, I mean, there was, there was some discussion within the team. We had a little player meeting and talked about it and just kind of saw that, okay, this stuff might not, happen in the in the super near future so we might as well just focus on the on this season and if there's small changes that we need to need to make around BYU sure we'll discuss that with coaches and other people but um, I don't know of any BYU players joining that that movement or choosing to opt out so that's the most so far I mean it's a pretty recent thing and we're just discussing it and trying to trying to figure figure everything out so that we can keep everyone here and keep everyone happy so that we can have a successful season. There's BYU tight end Matt Bushman. When we come back, the best of the postgame show is the Jazz beat the Grizzlies. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. The Utah Jazz beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the starters had an awesome run at the end of the second quarter. Another solid run at the end of the game. Let's listen in as the guys explain exactly what happened. Here's the best of the postgame show. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. The Jazz beat the Grizzlies uh, yesterday, almost said last night, yesterday, 124 to 115. Big night. I really, uh, all the Jazz major players played very, very well, led by Joe Ingles, who had 25 points to go along with five assists and four rebounds. Stay tuned. Coming up a little later on DJ and PK, the Joe Ingles show uh, at 9. 
9 o'clock this morning. Uh, Mike Conley had 23.7 assists. Uh, Rudy Gobert with a monster game, 21 points, 16 rebounds, 3 block shots. He even had a couple of steals. Uh, Donovan Mitchell with 18 points. Royce O'Neal with 15 points. Jordan Clarkson had 14 coming in off the bench. Let's get you some post-game sound. Let's start with the walk-off interview. Here's Christine Kinney and Rudy Gobert. What did you see as the shift? Definitely the second quarter. You know, we started the game sloppy, both offensively and defensively. And uh, I remember we had a timeout in the second quarter and we just decided to play all game, you know, defend the ball, get more get more physical and move the ball offensively. And I think we I think we got an eighteen to one run and after that, you know, we started to feel alive again. I was talking to assistant coach Mike Wells at half, and he said a key to finding that rhythm was Joe Ingles in the pick and roll. When he's in the pick and roll, how does that change things for you guys? I mean, for me, I just try to put him in a, in a position where he can just get an advantage. And, and Joe is so good at reading the defense and know where to go with the ball and how to find guys that, you know, it makes it easy for everyone else. Rudy, for you, we saw you active all over getting through the free throw line. We saw somewhat of a backflip there, an aggressive play. How much was it a concerted effort for you to really impose your will tonight? I just try to come in and, and do what I do, especially defensively and, uh, and offensive, offensively, keep being aggressive. You know, getting my teammates open and, uh, and whenever I get the ball, you know, be aggressive and knock down, knock down my free throws. And tonight, you know, we did a great job sharing the ball and, uh, and finding the open man. Good job tonight. Good seeing you, Rudy. There's Rudy Gobert's walk-off interview. Let's now uh, let you hear from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Hey, Coach. Hey, Your offense, uh, good to see you. Your offense uh, came to life there at that second quarter. Uh, just want to know what you saw there and also the impact Joe Ingles had in the pick-and-roll game then. Well, I, you know, I think, you know, we've missed some shots in some previous games, uh, but our emphasis, you know, we've, we've discussed it and I've talked about it with, with all you guys too, that we just got to keep shooting. And tonight, you know, some shots fell. And obviously, you know, for Joe, um, him making quick reads and understanding that, you know, he, he's an excellent playmaker in the pick and roll. And, but when people go under or get screened and he's got a shot at the three-point line, you know, that's, that's good offense. And we wanted to take those shots. And you know, I know all of his teammates have, have confidence in him. Okay, next question. Tony Jones, The Athletic. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Good, Tom. Um, you know, what are some of the things – did you guys just basically – was it an emphasis to say, hey, just keep shooting. You know, we're not this bad a shooting team. We're getting wide open shots. Keep at it, and the, and the, the, the percentages will work itself out. Well, I, I think, you know, the way this season has gone with such a long time off, you know, we can't forget, you know, we were the highest percentage catch and shoot team in the league, you know, for 60 games, which, you know, that may not mean we're the best, but we're certainly, you know, pretty good. Um, you know, so I, I don't think our guys have forgotten that. Um, they just need to take them and keep taking them. And, you know, I think there, there's a few times where I thought early we passed a couple up, frankly. And when we do that, you know, usually you know, the rest of the possession, um, you know, is more difficult. And so, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that we did is we stopped turning the ball over. Um, you know, when you turn the ball over, it really makes it difficult to defend. You know, in the second half, we took better care of the ball and, you know, we're able to get some of those shots and see them fall. Alrighty, next question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. When what are you looking for out of Ray John Tucker when uh, you're giving him minutes out on the court? Well, you know, we thought there was a matchup possibility with with he and John Moran and the foul trouble. Um, you know, and Royce, you know, getting a little banged up there in the first half kind of changed the course of the game. But you know, his his ability to pressure the ball. We had him guard Ish Smith earlier in the year when we played Washington, and so I think his versatility as a defender is something um, you know that can help us. And we've got a lot of guys that, that have the capability of doing that. And you know, it's an opportunity to to get guys in the game and get them a little experience and at the same time, you know, get people connected. So that was, uh, you know, we wanted that from Rajon tonight and he competed. Okay, next question, David James, KUTV. Hey, Coach. 
I'm curious about uh, what you thought about the defensive effort during some of the lulls and about keeping John Morant from getting on a real roll. I mean, he had an okay game, but when he gets going, he can just really light it up. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to keep him, you know, out of the lane. And, you know, I think we did a pretty good job, um, you know, of getting some late switches. They're, they're, you know, they make those mid-range shots and those floaters. So, you know, if we're still retreating, um, those are just easier shots. And I think Rudy's ability to really commit to that, um, to contesting, oftentimes he's not going to block it, um, but to have confidence and the other guys on the court to, to get in there and mix it up on the defensive board. So, you know, I don't think you can guard him one-on-one. He's too fast. Um, but you can try to dictate a little bit and, and hopefully collectively slow him down. Okay, next question, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Quinn, everything that happens in the bubble is obviously new and different, and you've got your back-to-back set coming up here. What are kind of the challenges that you have? I know that there's no travel, so that's a little bit nicer, but they're also very early games. Yeah, you know, we've talked about it. Um, It's almost like international competition when you're in pool play and things like that where games are at different times. Um, As you said, the travel's not there, but, you know, there is, you know, it's something we're aware of being being able to, we're we're looking for some consistency with our group and continuing to kind of find ourselves and and doing the things that we think we need to do to be successful. So, you know, today was another opportunity, you know, when we play San Antonio, it's another opportunity Denver coming up we have some teams um, that are obviously everybody that's the thing about being here is everybody's good so we just have to be ready to play and you're going to get adversity in one way shape or form and I think that's more than anything is recognizing it and being mentally tough and, and handling it okay last question Ben Anderson kslsports.com Quinn, what have you gotten from Mike, not just tonight, but really the last 20 games or so? Well, I can start down the list. I think leadership um, probably be something that that I would put at or near the top of the list. And in order to lead, you have to find you know you have to find a comfort level. And you know I think that's happened with him. That doesn't just kind of you know come down and land on you. You you have to you know you have to work at that. And sometimes you have to go through some things to to learn and get comfortable and figure it out. So um, you know that that's 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 what he's gone through. Um, and he's such a good player. And, you know, it's, it's, he's one of those guys that just, it's a privilege to coach him and, you know, he can do so many things on the court and his ability to really pick his spots when he's shooting his three, um, you know, he's so quick, he gets in the lane, whether he's shooting his floater, he's got his eyes out to the corner or he's, you know, passing the ball to Rudy upstairs or whatever it is. So the, the other thing I would say, you know, I, I think the way we've wanted Mike to defend, you know, requires him to pick up higher. And we, we laugh all the time about me asking him if his pickup points, and I'm not using that expression anymore. Um, but he's doing all that. You know, I think his defensively, his activity, um, you know, I just want him to be more and more instinctive and try not to overcoach him and, and screw him up. So I'm really, I'm excited for him. And as I said, he's, he's a terrific player and, and leader. And again, it's a privilege to coach him. There's Quinn Snyder after his team beat the Grizzlies 124-115 to 115 yesterday in the bubble in Orlando. Let's keep the post-game uh, sound extravaganza moving. Let's now hear from Mike Conley. So Quinn had just mentioned that uh, whether it be in you, know, you picking your spots driving, you locating shooters on the wings, you even picking guys up higher on the court defensively, it seems like you really have found your comfort level of late. Um, how comfortable were you feeling out there tonight? Um, man, really, I'm just starting to really have fun with it. Um, I know exactly, you know, what's asked of me. I think it's, it's fairly clear. And, um, you know, I've had this whole year to, to learn. I've had the time off to adjust and prepare myself. And um, and now I just go out there and play the game I've always played and, and, and do what I can for the team. So um, just, having a really, you know, just having a good time doing it, man. I really do enjoy being out there. And, um, just getting back to doing the things I normally do. Okay, next question, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. 
Hey, Mike. So uh, just a matter of time for the shots to fall, the three ball to fall. Uh, what was the difference for you guys tonight pushing through that and finding that in the second quarter? Yeah, you know, uh, coach just kept telling us, you know, he'd only be worried if we if we stopped shooting. Um, and I think guys really just got out there, and you know, especially JC, Joe, um, guys who might have missed a few early in, in a couple of these other games, and finally got a you know great rhythm going. And you know, when we got guys shooting like we were tonight, um, you know, the, the spacing and the, and the offense that we want to run uh, and that we envision is, is a lot easier to accomplish. So, um, just proud of our guys really sticking with it and uh, you know, staying confident even though we were missing. There's Mike Conley. He was terrific yesterday. 23 points, 7 assists. He had a, a steal as well as he's now put together a couple of games where he's played really, really well. Let's now let you hear from Royce O'Neal. We'll start with a question from Kristen Kenny Jazz TV. Hey, Royce. It was good to see uh, your offense come to life today. What made that happen in the second quarter? Uh, I think it's you know, us sticking with, you know, the past couple of games, missing a lot of shots that we usually miss. Uh, you know, us keep, keep encouraging each other to shoot. And us just knocking down those open looks again today. Kristen, do you have another one for Royce? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, we talk about Joe Ingles playing the pick and roll game and how you can see how that gets him going. What did you see from that in particular today into the se- second quarter, running a lot of pick and roll and really found his rhythm through that? Uh, yeah, uh, Joe, you know, every game we tell him to shoot, you know, when he's not making any shots, you know. But uh, I think him just getting everybody else going, help him, you know, get going. Knocking down, you're just taking the open looks and taking the shots he's making. Anything else from you? Sorry, guys, I'm navigating between two different ones here. <laughs> this is the new times. Um, Royce, I, I, I just think for you, too, just, you know, you had an all-around really solid day today. Where are you at? I mean, I know it takes a little bit of time to uh, kind of find that rhythm with so much downtime and then now being in, a, in the bubble and under different circumstances. Where's your game at? Where are you feeling? I'm uh, you know, make sure getting the recovery and that we're doing, uh, taking these games serious. And, you know, just sticking with it, you know, whether I'm making shots, playing defense, go find an open guy, rebound, I'm doing whatever I got to do for us to win. We have a question from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Hey Royce, you've got a, a couple of tough games coming up with the Spurs and the Nuggets back to back and I know that everything's different in the bubble. What's your mindset kind of heading into this? I know there's no travel but they're also early games so it's a little bit different all around. Uh, just make sure everybody get enough rest, you know, recovery and just take it one game, you know, at a time. Uh, we can't look forward to anything like that. Stick with the game plan that we that coach pulls up for us and get it moving. There was Royce O'Neal, who had a terrific game yesterday, especially defensively. 15 points, three assists, seven boards for Royce. He had a steal and a block shot as well. Let's now uh, wrap up the postgame sound portion with Joe Ingles. Uh, you were really a lot more aggressive out there tonight in certain spurts. Was that something that you were looking to do, something your coaches or teammates told you to do, or, or was it just you picking your spots as you saw them? Yeah, I think the, the, the last one, I mean, everyone, everyone's obviously uh, probably passed up a bit. Not, being, not, not aggressive, but uh, probably not taking advantage of some, some opportunities. So just, um, yeah, obviously picking my, my, my spots and my time. And um, that's a part of it with the, the Boyan thing that I'm like finding when I can be aggressive and, and, and obviously when other guys are gone. So. Uh, I don't see any hands raised. If you guys have a question, please raise your hand. If not, that'll do it. Eric, one more from Eric Walden here. Oh, good. Joe, you guys uh, wound up shooting 40% from three-point range tonight. How nice was it to kind of finally see those shots that, that you know, had been open in previous games but not going in finally drop through? Did you guys do anything differently or was it just – a case of them going in tonight. Donovan picked a better ball at the start of the game. Um, I mean, we coached the whole time, told us to keep shooting. Uh, we, we knew 
the shots we've been taking were good shots. I don't think we've got a team that really takes bad shots. Um, so we, we were aggressive. Um, we, wanted, we, we still probably had a few. I think Donovan had a couple. Royce had a couple where we're shot faking where, where we can just catch and shoot. We, we've got good shooters. So um, I think the more confidence we have in each other, we'll, we'll keep building that. Um, not saying we don't have any, but we'll keep building and we'll, we'll keep shooting. And um, I think we'll have more games like this than we, we don't if we shoot shoot open shots. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Joe, I was talking to Mike Wells at halftime and he said a big key to that rhythm there was uh, you playing the pick and roll. I'm just wondering for you personally, how does that impact your game, help you find rhythm, get maybe more aggressive with the shooting? I ain't really worried about myself, to be honest. I uh, can go out there and, and play the game, and, and if I get a couple, I'll obviously play it and, and uh, do what I can do to, to help the team. But if I don't, I'll, I'll space the floor, two and threes, and um, that's the benefit of our, our team. Obviously, we've got a lot of playmakers, we've got guys that can make plays, make shots. And, um, yeah, when it's there, I'll, I'll obviously take it, but I'm, I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to – guys probably get sick of me saying it, but I'm not going to take bad shots. I'm not going to force stuff. I'm, I'm going to play within the, the flow of the game. And um, when it is kind of my time to be aggressive, or I've got the ball, I'll, I'll be aggressive. One last one, Joe, from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. How many questions do you get? I get all the questions. What if I walk off? <laughs> uh, you guys started off, you had quite a few turnovers in the first half. You had maybe only one or two by the, by the fourth quarter. Uh, what changed What changed as the game went along in terms of taking care of the ball? Yeah, I mean, when we're, we're turning over, it's a, it's a lot harder on our defense. To, to, you're continually running back. It gets these teams, they obviously push the ball, and, and off turnover, it's, it's even easier to push the ball. So, um, yeah. Steve, we'll be doing it. Wake up, wake up. Is that life? Yes. Oh, sorry, buddy. Greetings, salutations. Obviously, I think we had three in the – we had 13 at halftime. We had probably a few in the third. We had three in the fourth, held them to 19 points. So, obviously, um, it's a key for our team. We, we, we need to be good with it. We need to be smart with it. Um, when we are, we're, we're, we're really good. That's Joe Ingles expected uh, coming up later this morning on the Joe Ingles Show at 9 o'clock as he does each and every Thursday here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your final yesterday from Orlando, 124 to 115. The Jazz beat the Grizzlies. Up next, uh, coming up tomorrow morning, actually, the Jazz take on the San Antonio Spurs. Tip-off will be at 11. Pre-game will begin at 10. There's the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.